Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This podcast is brought to you by MidlandUSA.com, your leader in overland and off-road communications. Make sure you use discount code ANDERSONPODCAST at checkout for exclusive deals today. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Welcome back to the Anderson Overland Podcast. I am Joey Anderson, your guide host for today, the day that the Lord has made. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of my other favorite podcasters, uh, Todd Herman, if you have heard of him, uh, I love that guy. And uh, I always love that he says that at the beginning of his podcast. If you have not uh, checked him out, be sure to get over to uh, the Apple Podcasts um, library and add him. Subscribe to Todd Herman. Really good. He's out of Idaho um, and out of a, uh, uh, a radio station in Seattle, Washington, which is pretty cool. And I really enjoy uh, listening to him. And uh, you know what? He's been a huge influence on on the way that I do things. And um, yeah, I just love uh, I love that about him. He has these just just nice little sayings at the at the beginning of his podcast. But so we went to um, the Overland Expo last week in Flagstaff, which was super awesome, super awesome, man. I I love going out there. I love that town. Um, if you guys are listening to the last podcast, I talked a little bit about places to camp and things to do around Flagstaff, uh, which is super rad. We did a little bit of it while we were out there. We went and spent the day at Expo on Saturday, which was insane. I cannot believe how crowded it was. I mean, we've been going for the last couple of years, and I have never seen that many people at that place at once. It, there was, you know... The last year that we were there, 
there was a vendor's area for like, you know, food vending. And this year there was just a ton more vendors there, product vendors. And the food vending was way further out than it was any other year that I've been there. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I was just, it was almost overwhelming. We just kept saying to each other, I can't believe how many people are here. I can't believe how overwhelming this is. I didn't even get to see half the people I wanted to see because there was just so much, so many booths, so many people. We went to go get lunch for some some friends of ours at the uh, Step 22 booth. Um, Brett from our Overland Life, he was there. And we went to try and go get lunch for uh, him and the crew over at Step 22. And there were like two-hour lines to get food. And I was like, mm, nope. Right when we were like deciding whether we were going to get in line or not, he's like, hey, man, somebody just brought us food. We're good. I was like, thank God. Thank God. I would have done it anyway for those guys. But man, that would have sucked. So we, uh, we bowed out and probably about an hour later, we decided to leave. It was just, it was just, uh, too much. We spent about four or five hours there and then, uh, drove up to our favorite spot up in Flagstaff at uh, snowball ski area. And there's, um, like an Alpine loop hiking trail there. If you've never been in the summertime, it is awesome. And uh, you walk across the slopes and then into this huge aspen grove, and it just loops around through these aspens. It's probably about a forty-five minute to an hour hike. It, it doesn't seem like it's that long, but it's pretty good uh, little trail. So we started walking uh, across the slopes and stuff, and and right before we got into the aspen grove, all hell broke loose and it started hailing on us like marble size hail. <laughs> and what was crazy right before that. There was this chick, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but um, somebody that my wife follows, an influencer on on the internet, or on Instagram, I'm sorry. And uh, she she was recognized by these people that were walking next to us. And they're like, hey, we follow you. And we saw uh, you know the issue uh, with your, your water bill or whatever. I guess her and her husband were in Hawaii. And while they're in Hawaii, um, they got this crazy expensive water bill and stuff. And um, when they got home, it said that they had used like 200,000 gallons, and which is absolutely impossible. And so my wife uh, knew about this story and was, you know, follows this chick. And these people were talking to her about it. And it was funny. She she left them and started walking towards us. And I was like chilling with my son, showing him like dandelions and stuff on the slope, you know, right before it started raining and hailing on us. And she walks by and she, I hear her over saying, you know, overhear her saying to her friend, uh, man, uh, you know, I guess she's a novelist too. She's like, of all the art and things that I do, you know, and influence online, the water story is what people remember. <laughs> and as she's walking by us, I'm like, yeah, we remember that too. <laughs> and she was like, what the heck? And so we ended up talking to her for a minute and introducing ourselves, which is super rad. She was cool. And we uh, continued on on our hike. And like I said, right before we got into the Aspen Groves, it just unleashed. And it kind of looked a little dark. I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures that I posted from our Flagstaff trip. There's a couple of the Forerunner that are up there at the ski resort. And uh, we got got down there and it just unloaded. And it was crazy. I was like filming um, running down this trail with Bodie and... and uh, in my arms <laughs> the look on his face was classic. He was just like, what in the hell is going on? What are you doing? But all this, uh, all this marble size hail was falling on us. And, um, I think he, uh, 
started to figure out that we were in some trouble. So we got underneath a, a pretty good canopy of trees and, you know, it was kind of nervous, honestly, about getting struck by lightning. There was lightning and thunder going all around us, but it was the only place we could get to. It was in the middle of all the aspens, so it was pretty safe, I think, for the most part. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we waited it out and then the whole ground was covered with ice, all the hail. And, uh, we made a decision to turn around and go back to the vehicle instead of getting stuck in more of that storm. Cause it looked like it was going to unleash again. So anyways, that was kind of some excitement that, uh, you know what, it seems like every time we're up there, we experienced something like that, but it was, it was kind of cool too, just sitting underneath that tree and, and chilling and. Bodie was just like, what is going on? But yeah, so took some pictures and then we uh, skedaddled. So, um, but that was a really cool trip. It was just, we, we went out to the ranch on the way out, dropped off our RV. Uh, we took the RV this time and uh, dropped that off at the ranch, um, Robin's parents ranch on the way to Flagstaff. And, uh, and then we went to Flagstaff for the day and just drove back to the ranch and spent a couple nights there and came home. So tried to get some time off work and it didn't happen. So we just made a day trip out of it and it was, it was super cool. So yeah, it was, it was rad hanging out with Midland, uh, radio. We got to meet Olivia, who's our, our rep at, at uh, Midland. Uh, if you guys, uh, don't notice, but at the beginning of the podcast, um, the sponsor, uh, for the podcast is Midland, Midland USA, which is a radio and communication company out of, um, Kansas city, Missouri. And they are just awesome. So we got to meet that crew and take some pictures with them and, um, our crew from truck brigade and gosh, who else we, we ran into a dead man off road, uh, which if you guys haven't checked that out, they're super rad company. They make uh, recovery gear, a pretty unique recovery system. If you, if you are looking into that kind of stuff, definitely check them out. And um, Step 22, Mountain Hatch. Gosh, there was just a bunch of people. It was, it was super cool just to, you know, catch up. So very good time. But I wanted to uh, talk about my fire career. I've had some people ask me like, hey, you know, tell us how, how that all started. How did you get into that? And so I wanted to dedicate this uh, this this podcast to a story about how you know I became a firefighter and you know where I've been and where I've come and um, just go through the the whole process. So it all started um, in a little town called Fonskin, which is on the north shore of Big Bear Lake, California, back in two thousand three. Actually, it started before that, honestly. Uh, I was like, I don't know, maybe two years old, got my first fire firefighter outfit and helmet with the uh, siren on the top and the SCBA and <laughs> all that. I actually have a photo. I'll have to post it online. It's pretty cool. Um, and then at about the age of eight or nine, I believe, I think it was like nine years old, I lived in this this uh, desert town. Um, it's called Phelan. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. It's by Wrightwood. Uh, west of Hesperia and Oak Hills, Victorville. Anyways, um, there was this engine, fire engine that came from Cal Fire, which back then it was called CDF, California Department of Forestry. And they came up to uh, my dad's church for a little dog and pony show for all of us kids. And uh, I got a picture of me on the back tailboard of this engine at nine years old with this firefighter turnout gear on and blah, blah, blah. 
And come to find out my operations chief at the department that I work for now, he was on that engine that day. I mean, this was like, gosh, 1988, I think. And uh, we've, we've talked since and figured that out, that he was there that day and that was his engine and he remembers it and so do I. And uh, just pretty unique situation, you know, here we are full, you know, full circle, you know, 20 years later, actually more than that, gosh, what am I, 42? So 32 years later, 33 years later, we, you know, we're working together and he's one of my uh, operations chiefs and, and um, have that memory from, from so long ago, but. Yeah, so on and off through my childhood, wanted to be a firefighter, but which is like you know focused on other things, and decided I wanted to be to be a fighter pilot when I was in high school. So I went to air school for a while and started pursuing that, and then that didn't work out. Got onto music. If you guys don't know, I, I have uh, two bands, uh, After Planet and Twenty Plagues of Twenty. After Planet is the actual intro music to the podcast that you guys hear when it says, welcome to the Anderson Overland podcast. That's my band. Uh, if you haven't uh, checked it out, would appreciate a follow. It's after planet on Instagram and um, 20 plagues of 20 on Instagram and Facebook. Anyways. Yeah. So I got into music and stuff and toured. I left home when I was about, uh, gosh, I must've been, my, I don't know, 19, maybe 1920. And started touring with a couple bands uh, across the United States. Did that for for several months out of the year. Was just kind of holding some side jobs, doing web development, graphic design, which I still do even to this day. But I was playing music and and uh, got into that. And then I got married. And in about uh, like two years after I got married, we lived in Fonskin in Big Bear and. We were driving down the highway one day and there was a, um, like a trash bin, you know, like dumpster in front of the post office there in Fonskin. And that thing was just ripping, getting into the trees, was on fire and flames, you know, licking in the trees above it and, and stuff and catching those on fire. And I was like, oh my God. And I knew where the fire station was. So I turned around, drove to the, right back to the fire station, knocked on the door and I'm like, Hey, there's a fire down the street. And they're like, okay, no big deal. You know? And they, I was like, totally like freaking out. Like, Oh my God, there's trees on fire, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll be right there. And they were super calm. I'll never forget how calm they were. Now I look at that, you know, now to me, a trash can fire, you know, trash bin or, you know, it, it's like whatever dumpster fire, who cares? Um, but yeah, back then it was a big deal to me. <laughs> so anyways, that happened. I, we drove back over there and watched them put that fire out. And, uh, the very next day I walked back to the, uh, the front door of that fire station and asked them, Hey, I, I, I was really impressed by what you guys did yesterday. And I want to pursue a career in the fire service. And so they helped me through it. I became a paid call firefighter back then with San Bernardino County fire up there at station, which it's now 96, but it was 40 station 49 back then had some really, really great guys to mentor me and, and help me through the process. And I worked there for, um, gosh, it must've been about a year or so. I was working for the forest service as well on a hand crew called the Mojave greens and it just wasn't for me. And so I, I focused more on the municipal side, wanted to work on an engine. And 
Um, so I focused on, you know, the county fire thing, tried to get picked up by county and um, just couldn't just couldn't pass the test. It was just really green and and, you know, not much experience at the time. So I continued to work for that department for another four or five years. I transferred down to the North Desert to a station, uh, Station 46 in Harvard, California, which is about 20 minutes above Barstow. I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with that area, but when you're driving to Las Vegas on the west side of the freeway, there's an old water park that's all graffitied up now. And about a mile north of that water park on the west side of the freeway behind uh, an orchard, a pistachio orchard or grove, whatever you call that, there's a blue painted fire station and that was my fire station. I worked out there for four of the five years I worked for San Marino County. It was some of the best time I've ever had. Just just nightmare accidents out there and truck fires and train fires and plane crashes. I mean, you name it out there. It was just cowboy land. I loved it. And I was working as a still as a paid call firefighter, which is kind of like a reserve or like a volunteer almost firefighter. But I was working full-time shifts. They had this program. Uh, back then that was called a hardcover position. And so you'd work 48, 96 shifts, 48 hours on, 96 hours off on a real crew. And uh, I became a driver operator. So I was an engineer of an engine out there for, you know, three or four years. And as I got better at the job and got more experience, got my certifications under my belt, I decided that I was going to start testing again for other departments. And um, uh, what was it? Fort Irwin fire and San Manuel fire. And I believe Riverside, Riverside city all came up at the same time. And I tested for all three and I made, I think it was band a with Riverside city. Never got a phone call past the, the, um, actually I, I made like, gosh, I think it was like top 10 or something with Fort Irwin fire and got picked up, got a job offer, had, you know, a start date and everything. And then at the same time, I think it was like within the same week, I got a phone call from Samuel Wellfire, which is who I work for now, you know, 15 years later. And I decided that I would rather work 45 minutes down the mountain from Big Bear at Samuel Well in Highland, California, then drive an hour and a half, two hours to Fort Irwin from Big Bear. Even though I'd spent a lot of time out there working at 46 in Harvard, it was just not for me. Didn't want to work a military type job. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Um, and, you know, those guys didn't really run the call volume that Sam Well did, and um, I just decided to go that route, and I'm really glad I did. You know, I... I've been at Sam Manuel now for, for going on 15 years, about three months ago, promoted a fire captain from firefighter. I, I kind of skipped the engineer rank. I, I made acting engineer and worked as a um, fire apparatus driver operator, I guess you would, you would say, uh, for several years. I think I promoted to the fire apparatus engineer, uh, acting engineer job in 2010 Tested for engineer several times, 
you know, made top three, top five, whatever it was, and uh, just never got picked up. So I just kept working hard and um, I was working um, about 2010 too. I started a solar business and really uh, the solar business just really took off and um, started doing that on my days off. And in 2015, my dad ended up passing away uh, unexpectedly, which was pretty gnarly. And I decided that I was going to step away from the fire service. So I stepped away, um, which was crazy. I just had a lot of stuff going on between, you know, home and work life and the business and stuff. The business was taken off or our solar business was, gosh, we built that thing into a million dollar business within like six to eight months of being in business, which was nuts. And uh, I was making more money than I've ever made. And I just had to make a decision, honestly, you know, whether it was going to, you know, going to keep going to the fire service, couldn't promote, wasn't moving up the ladder like I wanted to in the fire service. And uh, I decided to uh, bow out. And um, that's what I did. I left for a year and was blessed enough to be able to go back. I had uh, some issues with my business partner at the solar business. Um ended up uh, doing some pretty shady stuff and not me, but him, uh, mainly his, his family. And uh, we decided that, you know what, we've had enough of this. And um, I backed out of the business and went back to the fire service. It was the best decision I ever made. Um, you know, here I am four, four years, four or five years back at San Manuel and three months ago, just promoted. So you know, I just needed a reset. Sometimes you need that reset. You need to get away and kind of have a different perspective on life. And, and, uh, that's what happened to me. And, and I'm really thankful for that blessing to be able to come back to the department I love and the organization that I love working for. Um, just a great group of guys. And, um, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy ride, you know, ups and downs, frustrations, uh, crazy experiences, you know, massive, uh, excitement and joy and, you know, just everything that comes with that, uh, that type of job. It's, it's very, very rewarding. I've never, ever had a job that has been more fun. I've never had a job that's been more hard, uh, hard work on your body, on your mind, you know, mentally, just unreal, and never a job that's been so fulfilling to me and such a blessing to, uh, you know, work at a, a, at a department like this and support my family. It, it's, it's weird. It's like you go to, you go to work sometimes, uh, 90% of the time I go to work and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe that I'm getting paid to do this job. It's crazy. You know, sometimes you have those hard days. And you're not thinking that, <laughs> but there, uh, you know, there are a lot, a lot of days where it's just like, you know, sitting there, especially since I promoted, you know, sitting in the captain's seat and you're, you're running your own crew and it's just, it's just so awesome. I can't even explain to you in words how awesome it is to get out there and help people and, and, you know, rescue people and fight fire and just you know, have a great time with your bros and, uh, people that are, that are family to you. I mean, we live together half three quarters of the month, every single, you know, month. And, uh, you get really close to those guys. The camaraderie is like no other, no other, um, job or organization I've ever been a part of. So that's kind of the, the whole gist of that. And that's kind of how it all 
came to be and you know um a lot of moving parts obviously in between that you know did a lot of ride outs initially had to go to emt school did a lot of ride outs with my buddy jeff who's a captain for glendale fire department he's since retired but uh yeah just kind of turned me on to the fire service back in the day and uh you know just decided that man i i want something better i want something greater than than what I'm doing. And I want to make myself into uh, a leader and, and better myself in every way I can. And I, I'm so, so blessed that I was able to uh, have the opportunity to get into the fire service and, and be a part of it for so long now. It's uh, about a total of 20 years for me now. And um, gosh, it's just like I blinked my eyes and here we are. So I highly recommend that, that, um, that industry I really, really hope and pray that these mandates don't uh, cause me to have to step away from the job that I love so much, but we're just uh, taking one day at a time. So, man, already at uh, 26 minutes, 25 minutes, crazy. So anyways, that's enough about that. But yeah, that's a great job. And if you ever have any questions or any of you guys are interested in getting into the fire service, please hit me up. I would love to, to direct you in the right, the right path and, and help you any way I can. So we have some upcoming interviews coming soon um, with Brett and Liz from Our Overland Life and Bryant from Dead Man Off-Road. And I'm trying to get a couple others in here, Mountain Hatch from SoCal. And um, I got a whole list of people. So it's going to be super awesome. Ryan from Truck Brigade and I have been talking quite a bit recently since I announced that we're going to start per- pursuing the Trucks and Tacos event again. And uh, we we talked before uh, the Overland Expo in Flagstaff and at the, the, ex- the Expo. And we're planning on getting together here in the next couple weeks to start working on getting that thing nailed down. So I will keep you guys updated. Oh, I have a really rough day tomorrow. Um, two of the guys that helped me through my fire service. Uh, one was a, a captain engineer uh, for most of my career, but a captain, um, my captain, when I, when I went back to San Manuel for about the first year before he had to leave, he got sick with cancer. And Chuck Peaster, another gentleman who was highly influential in, in my my character and just uh, fire service ex, you know experience and 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 ride through through that uh, was um, he was our fire marshal at Samuel, and uh, both of those guys just recently passed away within weeks of each other. Chuck Peaster and Mike Orlin. Mike Orlin was my my captain uh, when I came back and. Um, it's going to be a really rough day tomorrow. We are uh, having a memorial service for Mike Orlin. So I would like to dedicate this podcast to those two guys who are just such awesome people to me and so many others. And I love you guys. And you know what? Don't take life for granted. Give your family and your friends hugs and tell them you love them. You never know when your last day is going to come. So That's all I got. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Thank you for sticking around and thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. We've had a tremendous amount of listeners lately and I hope that you guys are continuing to enjoy these podcasts like I am. It's so fun to get on here and thank you so much for the support. You guys have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. 
fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.